1: Download the
2: Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: The one and one. Cronenworth sends that one in the air. Very deep to right field. Pages back at the wall. Looking up. Gonna go. Jake Cronenworth puts the Padres on the board. His first hit of the spring is a home run here in the bottom of the fourth. It was uh, 13 more of those. And we would have been all right. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. Gwen and Chris uh, following the uh, opening spring training game. Uh, Yes, spring is sprung and baseball is back. Uh, We welcome you into Gwen and Chris, uh, 322 the time. We'll be here until 6 o'clock this afternoon. I'll be uh, running things from the uh, Odyssey Palace Studios. Uh, a little bit later from Peoria, Sammy Levitt's going to join the program. Uh, we'll see if uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. can get settled in a little bit later. Of course, he was just on the broadcast with uh, Jesse Agler. And uh, I-, I say, listening to Jesse and Tony is probably the highlight of today uh, in the wake of a 14-1 to loss to the hated Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Adam Klug is running the board today as Matt Scraby takes a day off already Scraby can't handle the pressure of a baseball season. He's ducked out for a couple of days. But uh, you know, look, it, it was uh it's just a spring training game. It's pretty hard to take anything from this. Uh I imagine everyone will look at the score and kind of chuckle to themselves and say, "Yep. Told you so. It's going to be a long season for the Padres." Uh not so sure we can make that make that uh assumption based on a spring training game. Joe Musgrove uh, faced four batters today, gave up a walk, a hit, a hit batter, and a double, and uh, that was it for Joe. Um, So but probably didn't go exactly like he wanted it to, but uh, four runs were charged to Joe in the top of the first inning. The Dodgers would add four more in the first inning, and Fernando Tatis Jr. was, uh, I believe, was he interviewed the entire Bottom or top of the first inning by ESPN television. When I, when I checked in, they were, you know, they're doing these now. They, they mic up somebody out in the field during the game. They even do it during regular season games, which I think is quite intrusive to be honest with you. But uh, for a spring training game, I don't have any problem with it, but uh, the broadcasters were running out of things to talk to Fernando about because he was their guest during that top of the first inning. The top of the first inning it lasted about an hour, or it, so it seemed. Uh, Dodgers would get six more runs in the sixth inning and uh, that was all she wrote. 14-1 to 1 the final today. Jay Cronenworth, as you heard, did provide the uh, lone score for the Padres with a uh, towering home run to right field. Hit it off a left-handed pitcher which is a good sign. Uh, Alex Vesia is a, a big leaguer for the Dodgers, so I, you know, that's the one thing I'll look at in spring training. Everybody says, wait, how many, what conclusions can be drawn from spring training? Uh, if you hit a home run off a big league pitcher, that counts as far as I'm concerned. So uh, for Jake, that's a good sign. Uh, it was a, it was, it wasn't the best pitch I've ever seen. Let's be honest. For Vessia, it was a, it looked like a changeup that was on the inner part of the plate. And frankly, Jake Cronenworth should hit that pitch for a home run. But he did, and coming off a, uh, a long season, uh, that probably felt pretty good for Jake today. Uh, the other highlight of the day was easily Yuki Matsui, uh, the uh, free agent, signee from the uh, Japanese League, who made his debut uh, impressively so. Uh, Matsui struck out the side in his, in his uh, first appearance as a Padre. And again, my first thought was, well, who did he strike out? Well, he struck out Teoscar Hernandez. He struck out James Outman, and he struck out Chris Taylor. Those are three big league guys, three guys that are going to be doing a lot of things for the Dodgers this year. So that's an impressive inning of work for Yuki Matsui, a great start to his. Everybody, you just say this because it it rolls off the tongue, Matsui and his Padre debut. It's not really his Padre debut, really. I mean, it's a spring training game. It's like they do in – In, uh, I'll call it exhibition football. I know the NFL doesn't like you to use the word exhibition. They like you to say preseason. But I don't like to say what the NFL wants me to say. So in exhibition football, you always get that. In the first first game, somebody will throw a touchdown. And -and so-and-so just threw his first touchdown in the National Football League. And they actually didn't because it will never count in any stats anywhere. But uh, for Matsui, uh, certainly a good sign today. And uh, for Jake Cronenworth, a good sign today. And, you know, I don't know what else you can really take from this game today. Uh, Ethan Salas was out there, had a couple of at-bats, learned hopefully a lesson right off the bat. His first uh, plate appearance, he was called out on strikes for violating the pitch clock. So uh, it was a bad start for Salas. He would then uh, take a strike and go down looking in his second at-bat. But uh, that's how things started for Ethan Salas today with a couple of strikeouts. Uh, 14-1, all Dodgers today, and the two teams will play again tomorrow. We will not be carrying the game tomorrow on radio. You'll have to listen streaming, uh, but uh, we'll have a full four-hour show tomorrow and keep you up to date with what's going on. Also, uh, between now and 6 o'clock, Going to give you out there a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Padres in a spring training game at the Peoria Sports Complex. And uh, not only will you win the tickets, you'll also be qualified for our grand prize. It's a flyaway trip for two. We're going to give away spring training tickets, a Southwest gift card, and and a one-night hotel stay. It's all made possible by the uh, Peoria Sports Complex. Visit com. So stick around for that. Between Sometime between now and 6 o'clock, we'll give you a chance to... Uh Not only win tickets to a Padres game, but also qualify for a trip to go see another Padres spring training game. Uh, All right, we're underway. Bryce Miller from the San Diego Union-Tribune is set to join us shortly. Uh, We'll get some of his thoughts. He wrote a very interesting column today about the uh, breakup of uh, Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller and the Padres and how Melvin is now in San Francisco and how he got there. We'll discuss that with him, get some preseason thoughts from him on the Padres. And uh, like I said, Sam Levitt's going to join us from Peoria. Tony should be on a little bit later on. So sit back, relax, enjoy a little uh, Gwen and Chris here with uh, only Chris today, at least so far only Chris, on San Diego's number one sports talk station. This, and welcome to it, is 97.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms
0: apply. And we welcome you back to uh, Gwen and Chris. Shortened edition today following uh, the Padre Spring Training opener. Uh, Yes, the sky fell on the Padres today. I don't necessarily think it means the sky is falling. Uh, 14-1 was the final. If you're just tuning in, it was all Dodgers today, although Jay Cronenworth did hit a home run for the Padres. Uh, We are here till 6 o'clock. Sam Levitt is uh, set to join us a little bit later on uh, when he gets settled in Peoria. Hopefully we'll have Tony on a little bit later following his broadcast with Jesse Agler. But for now, you get Chris Sello and... Lucky you, you get Bryce Miller from the San Diego Union-Tribune who joins us. And I just want to tell everybody that this segment is brought to you by our friends at Spiro's Mediterranean Cuisine, authentic Mediterranean food in Coronado or La Jolla for dining or takeout options. Visit Spiro'sCuisine.com. Bryce, thanks so much for uh, taking a little while to uh, visit with us today. I understand you've uh, visited with... Uh, you're, is, you were right. This is—you might be the first guy ever to get two appearances on the station in one day. I think you should start uh, sending a sending a uh, an invoice to Adam Klug.
1: Just really disappointed I couldn't finish the hat trick and get on the midday show.
0: What's the matter with those guys? Yeah, Craig and Annie—they—they right? they turned you down. They turned you hat down. Hat
1: trick.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Bryce, uh, great story today, and uh, you know this is—you are—I I know you probably don't know that you are the reason you and Ziegler, and maybe Nick Canop on a Sunday. But you guys are the reason I still subscribe and have the morning paper delivered to my doorstep every day because I like to I like to read me some good Bryce Miller, you know, with my breakfast in the morning. So I thank oh, you. I appreciate that. I thank you. And uh, it was really good today. And it was a topic that I think interests a lot of people, and that was the breakup between Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller and how it was that Bob Melvin wound up in San Francisco, where he now is with the Giants, and uh, how the Padres, uh, as a result, had to find themselves a new manager. How was Bob Melvin? How did you find him when you uh, visited with him the other day?
1: Um, he, he seemed great. You know, I've always had a great relationship with Bob. I think at his core, he's just a good, solid person. Um, which yeah. in baseball, I know kind of people roll their eyes that that's not what it's about. But in his case, it's just a truth of the situation. And I think he's, you know, the Giants are a comfortable fit. If he had to, you know, not finish a contract in San Diego and go anywhere, uh, there was no better landing spot for him than there. Given his history growing up in the Bay Area, college, you know, playing, you know, for the Giants, managing the A's, it's, you know, he's got – connections in the front office with the giants on almost every level It would be hard to script a better spot for him at this point so i you know i think he's good and and i just appreciated his willingness not only to talk about in in more detail you know how how things you know kind of finished in san diego but also i i thought in two or three spots it was really interesting to hear him uh you know, be very accountable, too, I thought. And that's not always the case in situations like that. And for all those reasons, it was it was great to run into him.
0: Yeah, he likes to remind people, if you read this article, uh, Bryce's column today in the, uh, in the Union Tribune, you can get it online also. But, yeah, he does remind everybody that, you know, he was one of the reasons why it didn't work last year. And he thought about trying all kinds of different things uh, changed the way yeah. he went about managing changed the way about, you know, you know, working out and putting the lineup in I just everything. I mean, it, we, we it drove all of us crazy to watch it, but probably not half as crazy <laughs> as it drove him to have to manage it last year.
1: Yeah. And I thought that was one of the most interesting things about it is he really kind of pulled back the curtain on the internal conflicts he had when, when that team wasn't winning, despite all that talent, Uh, but it was against the backdrop of their systems being in place when they had one of the most historic runs in franchise history a year earlier into the uh, NLCS. Um, So you could almost feel him having that, uh, you know, mental tug of war. Um, When do I push this button on urgency? When do you change things? But he also, you could tell he didn't, necessarily feel comfortable blowing things up you know given the talent level given the history of season before so he was very open and honest i thought about the wrestling match he had in terms of how do you fix this thing how do you get it on track and although they were really good down the stretch the last what 27 games it was too little too late but just him just an openness there that i thought was interesting
0: it was uh bryce miller with us and uh One thing Bob Melvin told you in the article, quote, I was back, and AJ. so was AJ in having me back, and it was also the wishes of the late owner, Peter Seidler, for me to come back. So uh, Melvin said they sat down, he met with AJ at the spring training complex, they tried to work out some of the little differences, and they just really kind of, it sounds like they decided that they just weren't going to be able to work out those differences How much of what the differences were was Bob Melvin willing to share, or is that something he wants to keep kind of quiet?
1: I I don't think Bob or A.J. have really gotten specific uh, in an on-the-record way where any of us could use it about what specifically led to conflict. But there was obviously communication issues. There were differences of opinion on some player decision-making uh, probably some issues how both communicated and dealt with players in the clubhouse itself and how that might've created potential awkwardness. You know, <clears throat> I'm just giving the broad brush uh, because they haven't given us the smaller paintbrush to answer your question. Yeah, I know. Um, but, it, but it's one of those, you know, I threw out the idea uh, after he told me that it was this kind of like a healthy divorce. And he said, I think so. And I think the sense of that is, hey maybe it's maybe maybe we're doing what's right for the kids meeting the clubhouse and the franchise that uh we go our separate ways and hit the reset button and um so we'll see this could be one of those things that kind of works out for both both sides and uh but there there was a change in those final few weeks after they both had said publicly it, it sounded like he was coming back but obviously once they got together and started hashing it out they they decided to go a different direction
0: Yeah, right. And I remember it well because our friend here, Mr. Scraby, kept telling us all that Bob Melvin was going to wind up as manager of the Giants, and we kept telling him he was nuts because the Padres and Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller said, nope, he was staying. And, uh, of course, Scraby's only right about once a year, and he was right on that one as it it turned out. Bryce, uh, talk a little bit about A.J., And I know that's not what this article was necessarily about, but do you think in the wake of Bob Melvin, you know, moving on that AJ Preller truly is, you know, took a little stock of himself and is going to say, Hey, maybe there are some things I need to do a little better moving forward.
1: You would hope maybe that was how that process kind of shook out, but I'll just be honest. I don't know. I mean, he's, He's wired differently. He's, go, you know, go 100 miles an hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, I don't get the feeling in his world as he's flying all over looking at prospects, weighing international, weighing draft, weighing uh, trade possibilities, weighing free agent options, trying to figure out what this team could look like on the field that might bring a different result. I just get the sense that he moves that quickly in a way that once he's making decisions, he's kind of moving on to the next thing, or, or he might be five things ahead at that point. So I, you know, it might be hard for him to, to have those long conversations, weigh it, take some time with it. Uh, because the one thing you, you have to say about AJ Preller, I can't imagine a GM who works harder, you know, puts more time in almost in an unhealthy way, if that makes sense. But um You know, the feet are moving all the time, and uh, does that always work for everybody? And, you know, obviously it probably doesn't, Uh, not for everybody. And so, you know, I can't answer that question, but I I could see that being a tricky tricky thing for him in particular.
0: You know, and, of course, uh, deliciously so, the uh, Major League Baseball schedule uh, set it up so that the Padres' home opener this year at Petco will be, of course, against – Bob Melvin and the of Giants, course. so that will that'll create a uh, a bit of a, a of a media situation, and everybody will be uh, clamoring to uh, watch that series. Uh, Bryce, uh, your thoughts on Mike Schilt so far? Um, I, I've heard nothing but positive things. He seems to be yeah. he's pretty funny, like he he's got some good one liners. His he's upbeat, but at the same time, everything I hear is he's going to be a stickler for details. Although I think Bob Melvin was a stickler for details. It, you know, I mean, it's yeah. not like he yeah. was lacking in that category. Uh, but how will things change this year, do you, do you perceive?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. And I, I do think that, you know, given a little bit we've been around Mike Schilt in this particular role, a lot of us knew him, you know, last year and the year before. But um, I think he is probably more detail-oriented than most. Um, I think he's a big believer in the little things become big things, especially if you start stacking up enough of the little things. He wants a process here at at spring camp where little things matter, um, and how you do little things should count for something because it it could translate into something else down the road. Uh, But you're 100% right. The sense of humor, we didn't really always get to see that because he wasn't the guy in front of the microphones and the cameras. Um, but I asked him today. Something that's going to run Saturday. I talked to Kyle uh, Higoshi, Higoshioka. Oh god, I can't even really do it. I can barely spell it when I finally yeah, started. right. You write this thing. Higashi-Oka. Sorry, Tony's still working okay. on it.
0: Tony's still working. We practice with okay. Tony every day.
1: We should have a small <laughs> prize for which of us gets there first.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Uh, but I. But anyway, you know he. You guys have had a little bit of this on there, but the guitar and the music thing is really interesting. So we did a deep dive into that. But anyway, I asked Mike Schilt, um, you know, are any of these songs that he plays in your musical spectrum, you know, is this Metallica, Iron Maiden, ACDC, which he plays Hell's Bells, which Padre fans will appreciate for obvious reasons. And, uh, and actually Mike Schilt broke off into a little story about the first album he had was uh back in black by acdc and then he had to you could see a smile he didn't want to admit this it was on eight track and yes i'm so it's one of one of those things where he does have a little sense he's grounded in a way where he can have a little fun with stuff you know it's early they haven't played games that count but you you feel a little bit of a little bit of his personality starting to shine through a little bit
0: Bryce, uh, just a fantastic uh, job and a great column today for everybody uh, to check out and uh, get a little deeper dive into the Bob Melvin uh, breakup here in San Diego. Uh, last thing on the Padres real quick, Bryce, but your thoughts on, you know, the holes that this team has. I mean, to me, it's kind of like, you know, the elephant in the room. I mean, they open up spring training yeah. to play today. and. You know, we still don't know who's going to play third base, if Manny will be ready. But even if he is ready, yeah. who's going to be DH? Who's going to be center field? Uh, at least there are candidates for the back end of the rotation, so I get that. But, I, you know, DH, I, I just think you've got to add something here before opening day, or you're going to really be counting on unproven people.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's the storyline that that lives and lingers above every other storyline are those polls and what are the answers. You know, you could see them starting the season in Korea being careful with Machado and having a DH, but <clears throat> once he settles back into being an everyday third baseman, um, it's really unclear who that DH might be and and uh, who can be an everyday center fielder. Zokar can play there, obviously, but is that your – Everyday answer. Uh, one of the interesting things today, and it's hard to say about a game that ends fourteen to one in spring training, but yeah. just watching, just watching Jackson Merrill play left. Um, you know, at his a he's such a young guy, but he's obviously talented, and they really want to give him a good look. And he made a terrific play, going flat out on a Mookie Betts liner that was a double or a triple if he doesn't make the play. And, after the game he talked about, it, he really feels comfortable now with some reads and, you know, getting a feel over there. And he, he does not, I mean, it's one game and it's in the spring, but you did not get a sense he's wide-eyed or overmatched. Um, pretty confident and maybe ahead of schedule on being comfortable. So that's another story in left, but you're right. There's storylines all over the place, including who's your fourth starter, who's your fifth starter. Yeah, uh, all All of it's there.
0: Bryce, before I let you go, I just want to make sure you're doing well. Uh, you wrote about it in August uh, that you had a uh, a little run-in with cancer, and uh, you know all of us have been thinking about you ever since, and I, I just wanted to, you know, I, I, I'm assuming some people who follow you would like to get an update and see how you're feeling these days and, you know, cross our fingers that things are going well for you.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and I, I've never been secretive about what's going on. It's not a big deal to me. Um, But yeah, I finished chemotherapy in early November and the results were fantastic. Um, As one of my uh, doctors said, if if you didn't get an A plus on your report card, you got a solid A. So it eliminated almost everything, just a little residual stuff that's now categorized as non-invasive. And so I'm into this step called immunotherapy and, you know, things are going well and well enough that I'm at spring training and bounce around here and chase down the Aztecs and end up in Korea for that opener. So all's good on my end, and, I, you know, I'm thankful for that, and I, I do appreciate you asking about
0: it. Well, that is the best news of the day uh, by a long shot, uh, Bryce. I'm really happy to hear it, yeah. and great catching Thanks, up Chris. with you. Uh, continue great luck and uh, good work, and uh, I'll see you soon, sir. Thank you so much.
1: All right. For you as a, a subscriber, we got a big takeout on Ruben the Able in Sunday's paper and went to Colexico <laughs> for a day and hung out with his family, and uh, hopefully that justifies you keeping the subscription. It
0: will justify it. My wife cannot get me off of that subscription as hard as she tries. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. There Thanks. he goes. Bryce Miller, great columnist for the San Diego Union-Tribune. And, yeah, if you didn't know, he had written in, uh, in August that uh, – cancer, and he he wrote it, you know, in a very fun, lighthearted way, but there's nothing lighthearted about cancer. But he said that, you know, cancer kind of had visited his life, and he began his battle with it. And I'm really happy to hear that he's doing, you know, passed with flying colors, as he said, in November after the chemotherapy. He's such a good dude. So uh, we'll keep our thoughts on Bryce Miller, make sure everything continues to go well. Let's check some traffic for you real quick before we get to the top of the hour here. All right, uh be careful out there even though it's not raining. Still everybody take your time, relax, enjoy a little more of the show. No hurry to get home. Uh all right, 14-1 Dodgers was the final score today in Peoria. Headlines Jay Cronenworth hits a home run. Yuki Matsui strikes out three big leaguers in his uh, Padre, quote, debut. Uh, He got Teoscar Hernandez, James Outman, and Chris Taylor back to back to back. And uh, he shined. Uh, Otherwise, not much of a memorable day. One other thing, though, to keep a little eye on, Jackson Merrill. I mean, look, we just talked to Bryce Miller about the – fact that the Padres have you know there's an elephant in this room I mean you've got left field you've got center field third base DH you know who is going to man these positions especially if no one is added to this roster well Jackson Merrill would probably be one of those guys if the season were to start today he was in left field today after the game he talked about what it was like out in the uh, in the outfield
2: good solid I mean I've been talking to a few guys in here. We both agree that it's easier to go from the infield to the outfield than the output of the infield. So put just natural out there. You know, i got more space to work with, more space to run around, more space to have fun. So it just feels easy, to feels natural. Do you feel like it reads off the bat, like you've already got those down, or is there still, like, each time, the more reps you get, it gets easier? Or I don't know, how does that come? I feel like I've come a long way since I started last year. I feel like now I'm taking my good, I'm taking good first steps towards the ball in every direction. You know, like the one Mookie hit was, kind of like top spot and sliding down and I went the right way at first and that kind of helped me get there in time Um, yeah definitely seeing the ball a lot better off the bat than I was at first did you have any balls like that last year no no chance no Um, most ones I got last year were kind of just like fade or high in the air, you know, those were more hard-hit line drives, especially the one back at the wall. Like, I haven't had one where I could go back and run back and catch it. So, it's good to know that I've had the ability to do that now. So like the new second baseman, you didn't get anything today. Dave, were, were you happy you? to be able to get no, sure. some balls? for I- sure. I wanted some. I was juiced going into the game. I was juiced all morning. I was ready to kind of get out there and have some fun. So, I'm glad it went that way. What did they tell you you beat the uh, they told me yesterday that I was going to be in the lineup, so I was. I went home. I was juiced. I told my parents. They, they were all excited. So I came in today ready. I prepared really well. So I'm ready to do it again as soon as possible.
0: Bye, bye, bye. Uh, you know that song came out in January of 2000. That is now 24 years old. That song. Uh, Barely didn't hear anything else, really. What did Jackson Merrill say? I was just listening to the song. <laughs> oh, Definitely hard to
1: concentrate. Yes, with that Justin
0: Timberlake, sync. Thank you so much. Uh, they got to update their music catalog a little bit there in Peoria. Uh, yeah, Jackson Merrill, all uh, thumbs up on his uh, debut performance in left field today. Uh, all right, Sam Levitt will be joining us soon. We're probably not going to do a uh, Chris versus the fans today. Sorry about that. Uh, we will give you a chance to win the uh, Padre spring training tickets, though, either in the 4 o'clock hour or the 5 o'clock hour. So stick around for your chance to uh, not only win tickets but then qualify for a grand prize that could send you to Peoria for a Padre spring training game. Uh, so we'll do that. Check uh, some winners and losers in the Daily Gambit. And uh, like I said, Sammy joins us from Peoria. Tony Gwynn Jr., hopefully a little later. Chris Ello. Gwynn and Chris... On ninety seven three the fan.